Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. Find in your Bibles Proverbs 24. Proverbs 24, we're going to begin there. I'm going to be talking tonight about a God who doesn't change and how our God doesn't change. Regardless of what some people think, He's still the same. He doesn't change. But let's go to Proverbs. We'll start here and then we'll work, work through some other scriptures tonight and talk about this tonight. I hope you get something out of this. Put some faith in you. Amen. In Proverbs 24 and verse 21, it says, My son, fear thou the Lord. Now, I mean, that's a good thing to do. You know, when it talks about fear, it's talking about reverencing the Lord, respecting the Lord, and honoring the Lord. It doesn't mean like terrified of the Lord, uh, you know, but respecting and honoring. As, as His children, we don't have to be terrified of Him. Now, you know, if you're, on a, if you're on the wrong side of God, then that's another thing. But we're on His side, amen? He's on our side. Fear thou the Lord and the King, and, and the King James says, meddle not with them that are given to change. Or the New King James says, don't associate with them that are given to change. So, you know, we, we, have you ever had someone that you knew that you never knew what they were going to be like from day to day? You know, I, I try to, I try to, um, you know, people like that, that they're, one day they're good and they're nice, the next day they're not. I, 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 I try to practice the Bible there and don't associate with those people too much. Amen. You know, I, had a, I worked with a guy like that one time, and, you know, one, you know, and he had some issues. You know, sometimes you find out people are messed up because they really had some messed up things in their life, but we can all get over it, amen? Yeah. And uh, so I have a little mercy with people sometimes, when I, especially when I find out sometimes their background. I think, well, it's no wonder you're messed up, all the things you've been through. But, yeah, but yet, we, we can't camp there, right? And so uh, this guy was that way, and he'd had some things. Once he explained to me what happened in his past, I understood a little bit more why he was the way he was. But, you know, God said, don't, don't meddle, don't associate with people that are given to change. You know, now we all, have our, we all have our moments, right? I mean, I had like 20, 30 minutes here last week, minute period of time where I was grumpy, and Phyllis, I think he called me a grumpy old man or something. But anyway, <laughs> and uh, whatever it took. <laughs> It woke me up. I said, yeah, I am a, you know. It's better than what my, my sister told her husband one time when he was going through one of his moves. She said, you know what you sound like? He said, uh, and she may be watching this tonight. Uh, you know what you sound like? And he said, what? She said, you sound like a chihuahua. <laughs> I think he laughed and said, I do, don't I? <laughs> Sometimes you have to have a little wake-up call, right? And, you know, and the straighten up. But, but, you know, we all have those things. You know, we're, you know, it's passing. But, but you know, God, if God tells us, don't associate with change, people that change. Don't, don't, don't make close relationships with those people. Uh, he didn't say don't help them. He didn't say don't pray for them. He didn't say don't love them. He said, but don't, there's a difference, you know what I'm saying? Then, then that tells me he doesn't change. He's the same. And how many know, now, now us, <laughs> there are areas where we should change. I mean, we should be nice people all the time. Amen. But we should be, the Bible says, going from glory to glory. 
as we behold the glory of the Lord, as we look into the Word of God. It should change us. The Bible says we should be changed. And, and you know, life changes, right? I mean, you know, if you pull out your pictures from 20 years ago, you're going to see some things have changed. Maybe the hair's a little different color. Maybe the hair is not there. Amen. Some of you, since you've been coming here, some of you guys, I, I've noticed you don't have as much hair as you did when I first, and I'm not looking at anybody but Scott because he's got hair. Um, you don't have as much as you had. You know, things change. What, what, things change. You, you, maybe, maybe you got a little bit more weight on you. Things change. Everything's changing. You know what I'm saying? It's all changing. Your neighborhood's changing. Your cat's changing. Your dog's changing. It all changes. But God never changes. Amen. And, but we should change from glory to glory. We should get better. We should get, we should get more like Jesus Christ all the time. We should be growing. And, the, and you, don't, you, don't just, you don't grow just by happenstance or by setting by a spiritual person. You grow by, like the Bible said in 2 Corinthians 3.18, by beholding the glory of the Lord. We're changing that same image from glory to glory. And when you read that, Paul's talking about beholding the new covenant, beholding what we have in this new covenant. It changes you. Amen. Hallelujah. I, really, I never forget this. This was so funny. We had a new convert. This was years ago. We had a new convert in our church. She got saved. And um, she went home one, one, one day and re read the book of Luke. And when she came back to church, she was like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. She, she found things in there. You know, it's just funny because she was going, oh, my, I read the book of Luke today. Oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. She saw things in there she needed to change. I mean, you know, that's a good thing. When you read the Bible, you, sh you probably should at times see things you need to change. When you hear preaching, how I many know you should hear things sometimes that make you want to change? Amen? You know, one guy said this one, you know, truth will set you free, but it'll make you miserable first. And there is some truth to that right there. Because you ha change isn't comfortable, is it? There are some people don't deal with change well. We, we, you know, we've had people, we had a guy in this church one time, and he, he, he couldn't handle change, you know. If you move the seats around it, it, it turned him upside down for a while, you know. He just didn't handle change well, you know. And uh, he may be over that now. And, you know, my, when I was young, my mom had fish. And she had uh, these little fish in her tank. They were called guppies. And every once in a while, you have to change the water in the tank because it gets dirty. So you dip the guppies out. And she might have some other fish in there too. I don't know. But you dip the guppies out. You put them in a different bowl. You, you empty the tank, clean it out, then put water back in it, put them back in. And those guppies sometimes would float upside down for about a half an hour, 15 minutes, because you changed the environment on them. And you think they're going to die, but after a while, they'd, they'd turn right up and take off. And I, I just know that church people have guppy syndrome sometimes. You know what I'm saying? But, but, but God never changes, does He? Now look at Malachi chapter 3, because this is really important to know this about God, that He never changes. Because once you find this out, I tell you, it, it puts a tiger in your tank. People can't tell you God doesn't do this any longer. He doesn't do that any longer because you, you know better. Now, in Malachi chapter 3, verse 6 says, For I am the Lord, I change every other day. Oh, I changed in the new covenant. Uh, no, it says, I change not. 
Therefore, because I don't change, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. <laughs> in other words, God's saying, you know, how I many you know God is the same God in the New Testament as He was in the Old Testament? Now, some people preach it like God got saved at Calvary. No, we got saved at Calvary. It's like God was this mean God in the Old Testament. Now he got saved and he's a, he's a Santa Claus and he'll put up with anything. No, he's still the same God. See, I think what people think, I think what, what, what gets people messed up is their, their definition of goodness. Goodness doesn't mean that, you know, it, it, it agrees with everything you do. Goodness doesn't mean there's no judgment. Goodness doesn't mean there's no punishment. It just means God is good and His mercy endureth forever. Amen. But, you know, people, people don't understand. See, God was telling the, the, the sons of, uh, of, of Jacob here, He said, the reason you're not consumed is because I don't change. Because I'm good. If I wasn't good, I'd wipe you all out. Amen. And so, you know, we read these stories in the Old Testament. Well, why did this happen? Why that? Well, you have to understand, people back in those days, you know, when they got so far into sin, I mean, it was going to pollute the whole, the whole earth. It was going to pollute the seed for the Messiah and everything else. Those people couldn't change. They didn't have grace. They couldn't change their hearts. Today, Jesus didn't tell His disciples, now go into all the cities and, and kill everybody. He didn't say that, did He? What did He say? Go preach the good news. Heal the sick. Amen. Preach the gospel. Right? Because now there's grace and people can change. I know that's the truth. I changed. Hallelujah. He changed me, praise God. I started the weekend out, man. A heathen from hell. You know what that is? That's not good. That's what Greg used to be. Only he thought he was saved, you know. That's the worst kind of heathen from hell, the, the religious heathen from hell, you know. We pick on Greg, don't we? But anyway. No, I was a heathen from hell. But before the weekend was over, I was a new creature in Christ Jesus because of grace. Amen. Hallelujah. And I'm not against any kind of programs, but I didn't take 12 steps. And I, I, I just walked to the altar. It might have been more than 12 steps, but it wasn't a 12-step program. I just, I just walked to the I'm sure it was more than 12 steps. But I, I just walked to the altar. And, and in, one, in one step, being born again, grace flooded my life. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> yeah, amen. See, grace can flood your life, praise God. Well, God said to, here in Malachi, He said, I, I'm the same. I changed not. How many know He's still the same God as He was in the Old Testament? When He said, I am Jehovah Rapha, he didn't say, I, I'm, I'm, this is what I'm going to do. He said, this is who I am. This is who I am. He didn't say, I, I, I'll heal you. He said, I am your healer. I am your doctor. I am your physician. Amen. Well, he said that about a lot of things. He said, I'm Jehovah uh, Zidkanu. I'm Jehovah, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of one. Jireh, thank you. Jehovah Jireh. What's that mean? The Lord who sees and provides. And he's all those other Jehovah names, but we're not going to talk about all those tonight. But I just want you to know, he hasn't changed. He's still a healer. He still does financial miracles for his people. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? I mean, he brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, and the Bible says 
that uh, they, they stripped, they spoiled the Egyptians. They, they had silver and gold. Hallelujah. And the Bible said there wasn't a feeble among, one among their tribes. Amen. Think about that. Can you believe that maybe before the Lord comes, the church will see that day? Amen. Where there's not any feeble among us? Well, I'm not getting a whole lot of faith out of that, but I'm just, could you maybe think it could happen? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. You know, and, and see, God, God's still the same God. Yeah. You know, people, people have said, you know, God doesn't heal any longer and he doesn't do miracles any longer. Well, really, you're way too late to tell me that. Why? Well, I've been healed. Well, the devil did it. <laughs> You're confused, man. The devil's not healing people. The Bible says that that, that, that woman in the synagogue say, that was bent, bowed over, Jesus said, Satan hath bound her. Yeah. Jesus went about healing all that were oppressed of the devil. The devil oppresses people. He doesn't bless us people. Pardon my English, but you get it? He doesn't bless people. He oppresses you. And so... You know, God stays the same. He's still the same as He was. Amen. When He said, I'm Jehovah Rapha, when David said, forget not all of His benefits and begin to list those benefits in Psalm 103, that's still the same God we serve today. Amen. That God that parted the Red Sea, He's still the same God we serve today. Hallelujah. We should never think anything's impossible. Amen. You know, it seems like the harder it gets, the, the, the better God likes it because it's not hard for Him no matter how hard it gets. Amen. So we have to, we have to realize this, that God never changes. He's still the same. And um, we have to understand that. Now, go to James. I'm going to look at a few scriptures. not going to go long tonight. But, but uh, this is really something that has to be deep in our spirit where we know God does not change. What He did in the Old Testament... He's still doing in the New Testament. All those miracles, signs, and wonders, He's still doing those today. Now, in the book of James, uh, chapter 1, go there. James chapter 1, look with me. Uh, let's just begin at verse 16. It says, Do not err, my beloved brethren. Don't, don't err. Every good, every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. So that tells us God doesn't even variate a little bit. Not even like the shadow of turning. <coughs> it's, it's given reference to, uh, you know, like a sundial. You know, before we had watches, and wristwatches are they're a thing of the past. This is almost like I got a cassette on my arm. Because, you know what I'm saying, people got, they got it on their phones, you know what I'm saying? So, but, you know, I still like watches. But before that, like in Brother Kenny's day, they had what was called a sundial. <laughs> and you had this thing in the ground and you'd go out and see the shadow on it and you could tell what time it was. And that thing would move, that, that, that shadow would move on that dial and give you the time and it was pretty accurate. And, and, and it's saying God's not like that. He, he doesn't move at all. Amen. You come out, it's 12 o'clock, 
a thousand years from later, if it's God, it's still 12 o'clock. You follow what I'm saying? He doesn't move. move. And the word variableness, it has to do with the, it, it has an astronomical meaning about it. It means like the, the moving of the planets and the changing of the seasons. God's, God doesn't move at all. He doesn't change at all. You know, we here, we change, man. We go from, you know, from summer to fall to winter to spring. It happens all the time. We're, we're in the midst of change right now. Things are greening up. Amen. The windows are open at home. Today they were, you know, and, and uh, we're seeing leaves on the trees. The grass is growing. It's, it's starting to feel really good now. And that's changing, right? But, you, you know, but God never changes. And he sets things in motion and laws for us that, that they just work all the time. Like he said, as long as the earth remains, there'll be seed time and harvest. Day and night, summer and winter, cold and heat. Nobody, nobody has ever gotten in a prayer line yet and said, Pastor, would you agree with me? What is it you want? I'm just, I just want you to agree with me that it'll turn winter this year. Well, first of all, I'm not going to agree with you about that. But secondly, we don't have to. It's written in the Word of God. As long as the earth's here. The earth's still here, Right? Right? No, nobody needs to come up and say, I pray that it gets dark tonight. No, it gets dark. It, uh, I've been on this earth for a long time, and it's done it consistently. Consistently. Because it's God. That's the way He is. He's consistent. Amen? And He doesn't like want to heal you one day and then make you sick the next day. He's not schizophrenic. He's not changing. There's no variableness with Him. There's no shadow of turning with him. He's always the same. Hallelujah. Someone said this. Um, we used to go to meetings with brother, where Brother Caps would preach and all, and uh, Charles Caps. And we used to have him like as a part of an organization, a ministerial organization, and Brother Caps would always come and speak to us every year, you know. And, and uh, Someone's, and if you saw him, if you don't know what he looks like, you won't know what I'm talking about. But, but somebody said one time, you know, Charles Capps made a quality decision that he would never let his hair get over that long. Because every time you saw him, it was exactly the same, always the same. He had that same cut all the time. Well, God is more unchangeable than Charles Capps was with his hair. Amen. And so you have to realize that if you don't know that about God's nature, then the devil can talk in that, well, maybe God's not going to come through here. Maybe God's not going to do this. You know, a lot of times things don't always change overnight. How many know that? I mean, God's working on things. And uh, he's working with people. Anybody work with people? Aren't they lovely? There are some that are knuckleheads, right? You know, a, a guy, a minister, uh, a f friend of mine, well, he's gone on to heaven now. But, you know, he was believing God for something he needed for his ministry. It was very expensive. And um, it had been a while. And he went back to God and he said, uh, What's, uh, wh why haven't I received this yet? Because he needed it for his ministry. He said, the Lord told him, he said, I've spoken to a hundred people and none of them have obeyed me. He said, but just stay put, I'll get it to you. And God did. Think about that. See, man can tell God no. But God still, he'll just move on to the next one, right? 
somebody, all those hundred people miss their blessing. You know, I mean, God, you got, God, if God spoke to them to, to sow into that project, then they miss their blessing. Amen. And so we, we need to know God's working. Praise God. Amen. Even though things may not happen overnight, God's working. Praise God. Some things you can't turn on a die, especially when it comes to financial things. You know, God has, sometimes has to work things around, move things around and all that and everything. And sometimes it takes a little time, but just to, just stay with him. He's, God is faithful. He never changes. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, see, Jesus said it like this. I like what Jesus said. How many know Jesus said this to his disciples? They said, Thomas said to him, he said, show us the Father and it will be sufficient for us. And Jesus said, Thomas, have I been with you so long and you don't know who the Father is? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Richard Roberts used to say that. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Because him and Oral looked a lot alike. But really, here's the thing. Jesus said, now listen to what Jesus said. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The words that I speak, I don't speak of my own, they're the Father. The works which I do are not my own, but it's the Father within me who's doing the works. Amen. So what is he telling? He, he, told, he said, if you want to know what the Father is like, look what I'm doing in my ministry. This is what the Father is like. How many you know what Jesus did? He went around doing what? He went around doing what? Good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, right? So he went about doing good. That word good, listen to this now, it means to be a philanthropist. You know what that is, right? It's people that give money away. Jesus went about doing good, giving things away. Money, maybe. The, the things of God, certainly. But he went about doing good. And he said, he said, I, I don't do this. It's the Father in me that's doing this. Do you think God's changed? Do you think he doesn't do those things today? No, he never changes. He's still the same. All the, he, he hasn't changed one iota. Hallelujah. Amen. He hasn't changed a bit. Praise God. He's still doing the supernatural for people. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, look with me. Uh, we, we got a little time here. Go with me to... Uh, Hebrews chapter 6. This, this, is a, this is a good scripture. We'll have to do a little explaining on this one, but, but we'll dig into it. Hebrews chapter 6, go there. Come on, are you getting anything tonight out of this? He never changes, amen. He's still the same. Um, seasons change, people change. Your, your house changes, you know. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you have to keep it up, but God never changes. You know, we bought a new house, what, seven years ago, going on eight years, I guess, ago, bought, bought a new house. And now it's getting to the point where, you know, there's a few things you have to fix every now and then. You know what I'm saying? I'm about ready to buy another house. But anyway, <laughs> praise the Lord. I really would if I wasn't so lazy and didn't want to move everything, you know. I bought this house and was like, we're going to keep it and then we're going to sell it and buy another one. And now we're both there and like, oh, I don't want to do this again. You know, let's just stay put till Jesus comes. But anyway, you know, I mean, like I had to, I've had to work on the water softener, uh, the uh, toilets, uh, uh, the faucet, you know what I'm saying? Uh, just, just, you know, because things start changing, you know, time changes things. 
But thank God time doesn't change God. How many know, he, how many know he's not any weaker? He hasn't got old, you know, decrepit and weak and, you know, can't hardly remember your name any longer. <laughs> now, who is that? Oh, oh, that's Pastor Jerry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's from Tennessee, isn't he? No. How many know God still knows Pastor Jerry? He still knows where he lives. He still knows what he needs. Amen? He knows everything, right? And, and, and you know, when we, when we pray, we're not informing God of anything. We're just, we're just enacting the covenant. We have an asking covenant where Jesus said, ask and you shall receive. But we're not, we're not informing God. He already knows about our life. I love that in the psalm. Or not, it's in the psalm, but it's also in Hebrews. It says, what is man that you're mindful of him? Or the son of man that you visit him? That word visit means you look into his affairs. God's checking into our affairs. You don't think he's not paying attention? What, 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 did, what did that angel sent from God? Everybody say sent from God. When he got to Cornelius' house, he said to Cornelius, your prayers and your giving has come up as a memorial before God. God's paying attention. Amen. He knows every seed we've sown, right? Every sacrifice we've made. I mean, maybe people didn't notice it, you know. Maybe you did things for the church and nobody said, you know, thanks for doing that. Or, you know, uh, nobody, you know, noticed it. But have you know God noticed it? And that's the one that's the most important. Amen. You know, thank God. Well, I think we ought to encourage one another, thank one another. I try to if, if I think of it, but... You know, the thing of it is, it doesn't, you know, I'm not the one that really needs to notice it. God needs to notice it. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You know, God can, how many know God can promote you? God can bless you. He doesn't need people. Amen. He can do it all on his own. Amen. Now, in uh, Hebrews chapter 6, go there. Why don't we just begin at verse 13? It says, for when God made promise, everybody say promise. promise. All right, so he made a promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. You know, that's in Genesis 12 where he said he promised that, you know, that he would make his name great and he would be a blessing and, and, he, and then all the families of the earth would be blessed because of him. He said, surely blessing, I will, I will bless you. Multiplying, I'll multiply you. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Now, how many know we don't like patiently enduring? Do you? No. You know, we went to a restaurant, took Pastor Ingolf to a restaurant uh, Sunday, and I got in there, and they said, you know, it's going to be a 40-minute wait. Well, you know what I did? I hit the door right away. <laughs> but then I realized after all that, after trying to find another restaurant and driving across town, I might as well waited. Yeah. You know, I shaved 25 off of it just trying to find something else. That's just me. But how many know with God, you're not going to rush him, right? <laughs> Amen. After you patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men verily swear by the greater. How many know when, when you go to the court of law, you, you lay your hand on the Bible? I, we used to anyway. I swear, to, I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help me God. In other words, if I'm lying, there's a higher power that will, will uh, bring me into accountability. God 
because, uh, you know, it says, For men swear by the greater, for an, an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife or dispute. In other words, in Paul's day, if you swore an oath, that settled it. Nobody's going to break it. Now, we're not that way today, but they were in those days. If they made an oath, that, that, that's it, man. All right, so, so he says, verse 17, Wherein God willing, more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath. Now I want you to notice that the word immutability means the unchangeableness. What God says never changes. It doesn't change. That by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation or encouragement who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. Now he talks about there's two immutable things. Well, the two immutable things that he's talking about are God made what to Abraham? Promise. Then he swore an oath in Genesis 22 and said, I swear by myself I'm going to do this. So God made promise. Then he swore an oath to the promise. And it's impossible for him to lie, so we ought to be strongly encouraged. Right. Amen. Amen. Yeah. If we know somebody, God, God, not, I mean, if God just promised it, it's enough. But he, see, he's, this is Western thinking here. He's dealing with Western people. They're covenant people. And so God not only made a promise, but, but he, he swore an oath. You find that in Genesis chapter 15, where God told Abraham, he said, you know, you know, Abraham said, hey, I don't have any seed. This, this, the steward of my house is going to be my heir. And God said, he's not going to be your heir, but he that comes out of your own, own bowels is going to be your heir. And the Bible says the same day God made a covenant with Abraham. So he promised it, but then he made a covenant. God, God not only pr gives us promises, but he swore by himself he's going to keep it. And the Bible says we should have strong consolation or encouragement. Hallelujah. Look at this, verse 19, because this is really what I wanted to get at, but I had to explain that to you. Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure, fast, both stead, sure and steadfast, which enters to that within the veil. In other words, the fact that God is unchangeable is an anchor to our soul. That is strong stuff. God never changes, and it's to anchor us, praise God. So, you know, you're... Notice it doesn't say it's an anchor for your heart. It's an anchor for your soul. Because right? that's where, that's where the, the, the uh, waver, wavering comes in at. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. Right? You've got to have something to anchor them. See? See, why? why? Because if you don't, they'll, they'll, they'll kick you out of the promise of God. Amen. You know, maybe you're believing for something and it doesn't come to pass right away. And then your mind goes to talking to you. Anybody ever had that happen? Yes. Yeah. Well, you, you can anchor it. You've got to tell your soul, God never changes. His word is unchangeable. It's, it's the key to having steadfast faith. He never changes. He's unchangeable. He cannot lie. If he said it, he's going to do it. Hallelujah. And so we just stick with that. Praise God. Amen? We stick with that. Now, I, I want to close out, and we're going to get out early. Is that all right? I don't know. The classrooms might not like it, but anyway. 
Now let's go to Hebrews chapter 13. Let's go there. Oh, thank God he's unchangeable. We, we, we talked about this. We quoted this while ago in the service. We talked about how the, all the promises of God to him are yes and amen. None of them. None of them are no, maybe. <laughs> They're all yes and amen. So all the pro, what, what are his promises? Well, I don't know. I never counted them. Somebody said there was over 700 some in the Bible. Promises. I don't know. I never counted them. But I know there's a lot in there. Amen. And... You know, and, and I hear, you know, I've heard people say this. They say, well, that's, that's in the Old Testament. Uh, that's under the law. Because there, you see, if you don't understand theology, you don't understand, you don't think, you don't think these things through. Everybody, everybody just comes at you and they say, well, you know, the Old Testament, this whole entire Old Testament here, that's, that's the law. It's not. There's only a portion of the Old Testament that's the law, the law that Moses gave. Jesus even said this, Jesus said this to, to, to his disciples. He said, these are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which are written in the law of Moses. Everybody say the law of Moses. Wow. See, that's number one. Then he said, and in the prophets. That's something different then. And in the Psalms. So Jesus didn't even consider the Old Testament, all the Old Testament, the law. He said, no, there's prophets and there's Psalms in there. Well, prophets speak prophetically to the future a lot of times. Uh, the Old Testament prophets especially. So there's things in the Old Testament that haven't even come to pass yet. Of course we don't live under the law of Moses. We don't live under that. We're saved by grace. But there's still stuff in the Old Testament. When, when people say, well, God healed in the Old Testament, but He doesn't in the New Testament. Wait a minute. He's the same God. I said He's the same God. I know this is simple tonight, but I hope you're... You're humoring me a little bit because we do need to get this in our spirit. He's the same God. Amen. Because I know, I, know, I, know, I know of preachers that tell their congregation don't even read the Old Testament. Are you kidding me? There are some now that tell their congregation don't read the, don't read the red letters, the words of Jesus. I mean, it's almost blasphemy. And those are people that are supposedly in our camp. I don't think they're in my camp. I'm not in that camp. I know that. Are you kidding me? He's my Lord and Savior. I'm going to hang on every word he said. And a matter of fact, he's the one that said man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every New Testament word. No, he didn't even have the New Testament then. Jesus was quoting the Old Testament by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That, that's the balance to it. No, we don't live under all the ceremonial law and all that. Well, Jesus fulfilled that. The Bible says that was just a shadow, but the bodies of Christ, the fullness of it's of Christ. He fulfilled all that sacrificial stuff. I don't have to bring a lamb to church and sacrifice it. It's a good thing most of you would freak out. Most young people think that chicken comes in cellophane. They don't realize that it was actually living, breathing, running around until somebody ringed its neck off. But, well, maybe you haven't been on the farm, but that's what you do. You, you know, and it'll run around for a little bit until it realizes I'm dead. I better fall over. Then you go eat the thing, you know. Y'all never eat chicken again. Well, <laughs> a lot of young people don't realize that. You know, I, I mean, I wasn't a farmer, but my, you know, I ran my grandparents and all, so. All right, now, 
Hebrews, <laughs> they did a lot of things in those days that people wouldn't do today. But anyway, chicken's good when it's fresh. Amen. Look at, look at Hebrews chapter 13. Got it? Verse 7, the Bible says, Remember them who have the rule over you, those that are in leadership in the church. Remember them who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation or their conduct. In other words, take a look at their conduct, follow them, consider, consider, consider their, their, their lifestyle. Verse 8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Be not carried about with divers and strange doctrines. Now, it almost looks like he just stuck Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever, right in the middle of two verses. And it doesn't make any, doesn't fit, doesn't flow. But when you understand what he's saying, he's simply telling this church, remember those who have the rule over you and consider their, consider their, their way of life. Can only follow those who preach and exemplify that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Don't be carried about with strange doctrines. The strange doctrines are the ones that say Jesus isn't the same. That God isn't the same. But he said, follow those that preach Jesus is the same. What he did at Galilee, he's doing today. Those are the ones you're to follow. That's That's rich. That's, that's gunpowder soup, praise God. See, a lot of times, you know, those of us that preach healing and so forth, sometimes some people say, well, that's a strange doctrine. No, no. The strange doctrine is the one that says God doesn't heal anymore. He doesn't do miracles. He doesn't, do, he doesn't deliver. That's the strange doctrine, the one that says he doesn't deliver. That's the strange one, not the one we're preaching. We're preaching Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. What he did, what he did to the shores of God, he does right now. Hallelujah. Amen. He's still doing the same things. Take that, devil. How many know we need to know this? God never changes. Why is that so important to it? Because it's an anchor for your soul. Because if, if everything that we, 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 every promise of God came to pass in our life overnight, there wouldn't be much need for an anchor. Because some things work their way out in time, you gotta have you gotta stay anchored. Anchor keeps you steady. Amen. You know, you throw the anchor out to hit something solid to hold you in place. I was out when I was younger, I used to where I was from, we from Petersburg, uh, the White River is flows through Petersburg. And so we used to fish on the river. We had a, we had, my uncle uh, had a cabin down there, and we would go down there and stay in the cabin and go fishing. And then he had a dock down, and we just kept a boat down there in the summertime, and and uh, would go down there and take off down the river and go fishing, you know. And uh, one time, I decided to go fishing just by myself. So I you know I grabbed the motor and take it take it with me and go down there. And I get down there, and I'm looking at the river and I'm thinking I shouldn't go out on the river. It's just really too high. It's really flowing swiftly. It's way too high. But, you know, I want to go fishing. And I'm 18 and stupid. Not all 18-year-olds are stupid, but I was. All right? Just, just give you that. I was a drug-drinking, marijuana-smoking, stupid kid. Rock and roll rebel. All right? So that's where I'm at. 
So I'm not saved. If I drown, I'm going to hell. So I go out there and, um, you know, I, I get, put the motor on, I take it out, and I'm thinking, man, it's too high to be out here. And I realize, you know, once I get out there, I've got to throw two anchors out. I've got to throw one out front and one out back. And I'm thinking, well, I'm, I'm 18, I'm stupid, and I'm fast. I was a lot faster in those days than I am now. I've slowed down a little bit. But anyway, so I throw the back anchor out first, but before I could ever get to the front, that thing bit ground, and I'm telling you, it spun me like a top. I thought, this is my last day on the earth. I'm done. But somehow, thank God for God's grace, even when you're 18, stupid, and a rebel, but He knows you're going to get saved in a few years from now. Hallelujah. I was able to get it up, got over into the, you know, into the bushes, into the trees, and got stopped, and got the motor started, and got out there and went home. But that anchor hit something solid. And when it hit something solid, that moving water started just spinning that boat around, the front of that boat like that. And that's the way, that's the way life is. It'll spin you around like that. But you get your anchors out, your anchor in the Word, your anchor in God never changes. And that spinning stops. It stops. It stops in your head. You just know, I, you know, I don't know when, I don't know where, I don't know how, but I know God. Amen. How many know you don't have to figure it all out? God will usually do it in ways you wouldn't figure it out anyway. Oh, praise God. I've seen him do things. I'm thinking, I, that's not the way I'd have done it. That's not the way I thought it was going to happen. But it doesn't matter what I think. All that matters is what God thinks. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. And we could tell stories and all, but I'm hungry. So I'm going home. <laughs> Amen. You know, when I'm feeling hungry while I'm preaching, I know I'm, I'm, I'm really hungry. Praise God. I, I think the Lord's saying, let my people go. Hold a feast to me. Praise God. Now, have me got something tonight. <laughs> Amen. Forgive me for being so carnal, but praise God. I'm not grumpy. Phyllis, yeah, at least I'm not grumpy. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let me know God, God never changes. And, 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 the, and, and he, His Word is such a stability in our lives. The Bible says, talking about faith, it says without it, you, if you, you waver. There's no stability in your life. But when you get your faith in Him, in His Word, and the fact He never changes, He never lies, it brings stability in your life. It brings stability. Amen. Hallelujah. And, you, you know, you get to the place you just realize, you know, if, if, if the worst thing that could ever happen to me would probably be the best thing that ever happened to me. The worst in the natural that can happen to you is die. But that just gets you promoted to the best thing that's ever happened to you. That's heaven. And so you can, the devil can't win with us. Amen? Now, he doesn't have the authority to kill us, but if he did kill us, where would we be? We'd be in heaven. That's what Paul said. He said, to die, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. That word gain means promote, promotion. I got promoted. Amen. Hallelujah. I got promoted. I've often thought, and I'm close with this, I've often thought about what Lazarus thought about Jesus calling him back. You know, Lazarus was dead four days. He was somewhere. Where was he? He wasn't just floating around the shores of Galilee. He was in paradise. 
He's down there with the saints of old. He's down there in the glory. He's been there for four days. And all of a sudden, he hears Lazarus. And he thinks, that sounds a lot like Jesus. Next thing he knows, man, he's back in that tomb, wrapped up. I mean, that, that'd be enough to make you not want to speak to Jesus for a few days. It's like, what in the world did you do that for? <laughs> well, it's for the glory of God. Well, you somebody else. Amen. Did you ever think about that? Sure, he was somewhere. Remember, Jesus said the rich man died and he went into hell. The beggar died he went into Abraham's bosom. Lazarus was there in Abraham's bosom. And then he gets called out. Amen. Smith Wigglesworth. I, all right, I told you. I won't tell you this story. <laughs> tell it? Okay. Smith Wigglesworth's wife died. You know, uh, his wife's name was Polly. And, uh, you know, she was a preacher, and she died, and Smith called her back. And she got on to him. He said, let me go. And he let her go, and she went and stayed. But she, you get a glimpse of that. You know what I'm saying? I've seen that happen when you go to pray for people, and they've gotten a glimpse of that glory realm. You can forget it. You're not going to talk them into staying. Amen. Dr. Barclay, his, uh, Miss Vicky's grandfather, I believe it was, was a mean guy when he was drunk, and he was drunk all the time. And he was just mean. He was mean to people. He was mean to his wife. And... Uh, but he didn't stay drunk. I mean, he's just a drunk, you know. And so Dr. Barkley one time was at home, and he, and he just had this urgency that he needed to go see him, which he lived in Detroit, you know, which is a couple hours or two and a half hours away, something like that. So he drives him and this Vicky go to, to, to his house in Detroit, and he's laying there, and he's laying there in a, like a hospital bed, and he looks dead. He looks dead. And uh, he says he hears him mumbling under his breath, and he's going, tell him to go away. Those people are mean. Tell him to go away. Tell him to go away. He could hear that when he walked in the house. And said when, I, when he walked up to his bed, he came to and sat up and said, well, Mark, what are you doing here? He said it freaked everybody out. You know? And so... Dr. Barclay just starts telling him, said, you're a mean old man. You've been a drunk all your life. You're mean to grandma. You're mean to your kids. You're mean. You just, he said, all of a sudden, I feel Vicky pinching the back of my arm. Like, were you just getting saved? Quit telling him how bad he was. And so he said, I led him to the Lord. He gave his life to Jesus. And said, then he laid back down and he closed his eyes. And he said, all of a sudden, he started mumbling under his breath. Those are nice people. I like those people. What was happening? He was on his way to hell. He was seeing over in that demonic realm. But when Dr. Barclay got him saved, he started seeing into heaven. And he said, these are good people, praise God. Hallelujah. You know, when you, when you do die, if the Lord should tarry and you do, you do pass on out of this, there's going to be some good people meeting you. The Bible said angels carried that, that beggar to heaven. Hallelujah. I've had people say, and I understand what they're talking about. They said, well, he died alone. Well, not really. When they, as soon as they slipped out, there was somebody there to meet him. Stand up, everybody. Praise God. What a life we live. Glory be to God.
We serve a God who never changes. Hallelujah. You read the promises in the Old Testament, just shout about them because they're yours too. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Lord, you're good. Hallelujah. All the time. All the time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And all you want to do is good to us, praise God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.